Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact in our community. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Now, if you are an animal lover, this show is for you. Every quarter, our Ellen Becker Charitable Foundation supports a local charity where clients and employees and the community can participate in the giving. This quarter's recipient happens to be our first guest on the show today, and I'm so happy to share the wonderful work that they do. There's a quote that says, Until one has loved an animal, a part of one's soul remains unawakened. I happen to agree with that 100%. Our first guest today is Angela Speed, VP of Marketing and Communications from Wisconsin Humane Society, who, as I said, is our Q1 donation recipient. Welcome to the show today, Angela, for the second time around. Yes, first of all, thank you so much for having me today. You are welcome. You were a guest, I believe it was back in 2019, so welcome again. So the Humane Society has been around since 1879. Wow, 140 years plus, right? But you've experienced significant growth in just the past decade. So if there are some listeners that maybe have been under a rock or (laughs) don't know anything about who you are, tell us more about your scope of work. Um, Yes, so we have grown significantly, especially in the past decade, and that's been primarily due to mergers with other shelters in southeastern Wisconsin. And so currently, we have shelters in Racine, Milwaukee, Ozaki, Green Bay, and Door County, as well as a public spay-neuter clinic in West Dallas. In addition, we also host the state's busiest wildlife rehabilitation center at our Milwaukee campus. And so that's pretty much stretching from Racine County all the way up to Door County, providing services to animals in southeastern Wisconsin. And we actually serve about 40,000 animals and their families every year. Oh, that's Um, awesome. When I started, we had 70 employees, and today we have about 250 and about 2,000 volunteers who dedicate their time to the organization. How long have you been with the Wisconsin um, Humane Society? I've been with the Wisconsin Humane Society since 2006. Wow. And so I, from even our last interview, I, it's so obvious that you love the work that you do. I mean, certainly uh, I'm sure can identify with that quote that I stated before. Um, so we know that you can adopt, obviously, from the Wisconsin Humane Society, but Do you offer other services for pet owners? Yes, and there are five services in particular that I would love to mention today. And first of all is that low-cost spay-neuter clinic in West Dallas. There is a high need for people who are acquiring their animals from places other than shelters to have their animals spayed or neutered. And it is only $80 for a cat spay-neuter, and dogs are $180. Um, the cost of vet care has gone up significantly, and there's very high demand for that service to have your pet spayed or neutered. It's, it's great to help control animal overpopulation, but there's also health benefits for your individual dog or cat. Um, the second thing is vaccine clinics. We have vaccine clinics offered on a regular basis at all of our campuses, and it's just $16 to get your rabies vaccine or your core vaccines. And um, it's the same as you would get in a... In 
in an actual vet clinic, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and okay. sometimes those vet visits can cost $75 just to walk in the door. Not everybody can afford that right now. Right, right. Um, and we also offer microchipping at those vaccine clinics for just $25. Those are open to anybody. And you can just sign up for an appointment on our website for those vaccine clinics. The third thing is a pet food bank. Um, we want to keep animals in homes where they're loved and don't want financial barriers to be an obstacle for people who are experiencing financial hardship. And so at our Milwaukee campus, we have a pet food bank that is open seven days a week from one to five. Anybody who is in need of pet food or cat litter or basic supplies can stop by to access um, those essential supplies. I should mention too that that bank does run on donations. And so if you're in a position to make a donation to the food bank, um, those are just critical donations to help serve pets who are underserved in our community. So that's where our donations are going. Yep. EIG's donations. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah. thank you so much for to the that. food bank. Yes. Awesome. Um, and then the fourth service is our safe haven program for survivors of domestic violence trying to escape a dangerous situation with their pets. What we know is that 71% of survivors with animals seeking shelter reported that their partner had actually threatened, hurt, or killed their animal. Um, and so we partner with the Sojourner Family Peace Center to offer up to 60 days of shelter for people who are trying to get out of these dangerous situations. Mm. And the feedback from those clients is so compelling. Um, we've been told that it, it was a lifesaver. I don't think I would have left otherwise. Yeah. Um, another woman reported, this program saved my spirit. It allowed me to focus on myself and my kids without the added worry of my pet's well-being. So it makes a huge impact on individuals in, in those dangerous situations. Um, and lastly, I'll mention, we have a ton of kids' programs. Um, we see about 5,000 kids in programs every single year. If you've got a little animal lover in your life, we offer everything from scout nights, kids' night out, birthday parties, field trips. There's all sorts of ways to get your kids engaged in programs at our Racine, Ozaki, or Milwaukee campuses. Nice, nice. What about out in the community? Do you have any programs in the community? Yes. Um, we have an amazing program called Pets for Life that's been around for about a decade, and it primarily targets the 53206 zip code in Milwaukee and surrounding neighborhoods. That area has the highest poverty rate in Wisconsin, and surprisingly, it doesn't have a single veterinary clinic. And so our Pets for Life team literally goes door to door pretty much 365 days a year um, to create access to animal care services and information, builds relationships with pet owners in the area, um, and we provide uh, free vet care, spay neuter, vaccines, basic medicine, food, and all sorts of supplies. Since that program began, it actually served over 17,000 pets wow. from more than 9,000 families and provided free spay neuter to over 8,000 dogs and cats. Which That's is amazing. It's made a huge impact in that community. Almost 18,000 pets, 9,100 families? Yes. Wow. Wow. Yes. That's really something. Um, and again, I think it's important that people know this. You know, they understand how crucial it is to have the Wisconsin Humane Society in their neighborhood, you know, and, and even maybe not directly in their neighborhood, but to know that you provide these services outside of your immediate neighborhood, right? Um, talk to us about where your shelter animals come from. 
Um, so we get this question a lot. People wonder, where, where do all these animals come from? Um, so primarily, we receive surrenders from the local community, um, especially Milwaukee County. If you need to surrender your animal, the Wisconsin Humane Society is that resource. We also accept stray animals in Racine, Green Bay, Ozaki, and Door County. Um, because of our size, we're also able to transfer in animals from other shelters who are struggling with overcrowding, both from shelters in Wisconsin as well as out of state. Um, due to our size, having six, lo six locations, we are also often able to step up in emergency situations. So oftentimes you'll see that we're called to assist partner shelters if there's a tornado or hurricane. Um, some sort of natural disaster or a puppy mill closure or unfortunately something like a hoarding situation, um, we can step up and help other shelters with those situations. Hmm. Well, I heard recently about an emergency situation this summer where 4,000 beagles were rescued from medical testing. Were you guys involved in that? Um, Absolutely. So that, that made big news pretty much all around the world. Um, we were honored to be able to step up to help with that huge operation. It was actually led by the Humane Society of the United States, and the beagles were saved from a commercial breeding operation that bred them for animal experimentation. That's unbelievable. Um, I can't even imagine. I that. know. The, the, the breeder was keeping them in just deplorable conditions. Mm and was faced with several violations of the Animal Welfare Act. There was just shocking abuse and neglect of dogs and puppies. Fortunately, it did come to light, and all of those 4,000 dogs were saved. Um, we were able to send volunteers from the Wisconsin Humane Society out to the East Coast twice to bring those dogs back to Wisconsin. And it was just amazing. We were floored. When the first group of beagles went up for adoption, there were over 100 people in line at the front door. <laughs> Raising <And> their <laughs> hands, saying, me, me, me. <laughs> it's just our community is amazing the way that they step up and help. We actually had people in line from Minnesota, Illinois, Michigan, and we had this wonderful um, two sisters who flew a red eye from California because they had their oh hearts set on a beagle, on beagle puppies. Um, fortunately, they were like number six in line, so they were able to adopt oh, and good, flew good. home with, with puppies. <laughs> um, but that case, it was absolutely transformative for everybody involved. Um, these dogs had been living in cages their whole lives, and the puppies were destined to be experimented on. Um, and a lot of them had never played with toys or treats had never walked in the grass and um, in many of them went to foster care and we'd hear stories about them like experiencing fleece beds for the first time and, and becoming beloved household companions mm. um, and so we were just so proud to be a part of that. And isn't there a story of a, a little one named Daisy? Yeah, Daisy, yeah, Daisy was Daisy one of my story. favorites. <laughs> she was six years old, and actually she came in with her puppies, a whole litter of nursing puppies. Her ears were infected. She had horrible dental disease. Her babies had parasites. Um, but they got all of the medical treatment they needed. They went to foster care and... Um, you know, Daisy, she was scared to go through a doorway. She didn't know what a leash was. She didn't want to be left alone. But after weeks in foster care, her personality began, began to emerge, and she unfolded. And with lots of patience and love from her foster family, we, we know that she spent the holidays in a wonderful new home, as did her puppies. Um, and they got their second chance. 
That's so heartwarming. I love a beloved pet happy ending story. You, know, you might be surprised to learn how many animals like Daisy need medical or behavioral support before they can be adopted. So stay tuned because after a commercial break, Angela is going to give us some details on that. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Angela Speed, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications from the Wisconsin Humane Society. So, Angela, I love when I hear a happy ending to a story about an animal in need, like Daisy. I understand that there might be some real challenges prior to that happy ending. You know, it's entirely possible and probable that a rescued animal may need medical and or behavioral care and foster. So talk to us about that. You know, how many are we talking about here? We are seeing more and more animals coming into the shelter system who have special needs. Last year, an astounding 6,000 animals needed special medical treatment beyond spay-neuter and routine care. And another 2,600 needed special behavior training or care before they were ready for adoption. So it's always somewhere around 60 to 70% of the animals who come to us have special needs. Mm. And that also means that the average cost of care per animal has gone up significantly. We put in uh, an average of $454 into each one of those animals. And that's why donations are so critical to the Wisconsin Humane Society. Adoption fees don't begin to cover those costs. Hmm. Well, tell us about the kind of medical conditions that you treat then. You know, you talk about the 60 to 70%, which again is, that's unbelievable. I had no idea. So what, what are some some different kinds of medical conditions that you treat? Yeah, so some of the most common diagnoses are typically respiratory infections, stomach issues and viruses, parasites, skin issues. But we also see so many major medical issues. Um, on any given day, we'll have dogs or cats recovering from fractured bones, foreign body ingestion, kidney or bladder stones, cuts and lacerations, amputations, eye removals. Just yesterday as I was walking through the shelter, I saw a little dog who was having amputation surgery. Um, it's not uncommon. It's almost like Walter Reed Hospital back in our mm. ICU on any given day. Oh, that's got to be hard to walk by and not want to go over there and pick them up and hold mm -hmm. them and give them snugglies. And oh, gosh, I don't know. I'd, that'd be difficult. But again, you look at the 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 upside of that and how many are helping and the bottom line is that you're there to provide that that uh, help and support. Um, tell us about some of the medical cases that you remember most. I have to admit it's <laughs> some of the foreign bodies never fail to astound me. The things that dogs, especially young ones, that they can get into, it, it's just amazing. Um, a couple things that our vet team has removed from the intestinal tracts of dogs include a full corn cob, <laughs> a tangled extension cord. It was like 10 feet long. Oh, my gosh. Rocks are, are quite, quite routine. Um, a blanket and, of course, socks. So um, gastrointestinal issues um, often surface, and we often find things within that tract. And, and that can be so dangerous for an animal, but fortunately we have a wonderful vet team of about 10 veterinarians on staff. Um, so we're very fortunate to have that resource. Wow. Our Springer puppy once got into a 
container of Advil that he she ingested 23 of the 24 uh, because she thought it was candy. I mean, and oh. it was in a box that was mistakenly put, like, on the steps to go upstairs, and she got at it and thought it was candy and got into it. But thank you, Lord, we were able to get her in to, to be taken care of, and she's she's good to this day. So I'm very pleased about that. But where would we be without those yeah. those emergency options, right? Um, so once you treat the medical condition, of which there are many, as you said, some very, very unusual, do all the animals recover at the shelter? No, there would be no way that we would have enough space at the shelter to um, have all of those animals in care as they recover. So we have an amazing network um, of foster parents. We have about a thousand foster volunteers who can take in these animals who are recovering from illness or injury or just need time out of the shelter. And last year we had about 4,000 animals placed in foster homes at some point. It's almost like having another shelter. Mm -hmm. And they go to foster for all sorts of reasons beyond medical. Um, oftentimes they're just too young for adoption. Um, they might be five weeks old and still still nursing and sometimes we just need a need foster home simply for space because we just helped with a large hoarding situation and we need to take in 90 dogs all of a sudden but don't have 90 kennels available so we call on our foster network to help with that um, one of the cool things about the foster program is we have now introduced a program called foster facilitated adoptions and so you as a foster parent can actually adopt to your own network. So if your next door neighbor falls in love with your foster animal, um, you are like deputized to do adoptions. Ah. And so we're seeing a lot of placements straight from foster to private homes, which is nice. a cool and very impactful program. Yeah. Um, also, we have a high need for neonatal kittens, um, people who are interested in fostering them. Those kittens are um, unweaned. They often come in without moms. We're talking about kittens who are like a week to three weeks old mm -hmm. and they need bottle feeding every two to four hours and they simply wouldn't survive without f our foster network because we are not staffed 24-7. Mm -hmm. um, that's, a, that's a big need. Um, there's a lot of perks of being a foster parent including if you fall in love you do get first dibs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have a wonderful network of foster parents who mentor new people. And it's, a, it's, it's just such a joy. And it is such an important way to help us save more animals. Oh, I imagine. Well, talk to us about becoming a foster parent then. You know, how, yeah. how can one do that? So it's pretty simple. You go to our website and click on the foster tab. There's an online orientation. You fill out an application and then our team will follow up with you and you get on the special list and you get to see all of the animals who are looking for foster parents and you can pick and choose. Um, you might only want to foster an animal for a day or two. Maybe we're just looking for a weekend. Some dogs might need several weeks or even a couple months for foster, um, but it's up to you. Um, it could be short term commitments, long term commitments. We're looking for anybody really um, who is interested in opening up their hearts and homes to become a foster parent. Have you ever fostered? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, a few years ago when one of my dogs passed away, 
my other dog was so lonely. And so we decided to foster. And we went through about three different foster dogs before our dog said, that's the one. We, we can't let go of Sweetie Pie. And so we kept Sweetie Pie. And just a few months ago, I fostered five kittens um, and only returned three. <laughs> so that'd be a foster fail, right? Yes. And we welcome foster failures. That's, that's a good thing. You know, like in life, failing forward. You know, that's a good thing. Is there anything else that you'd like us to know? Yes. So although it's been true since 1999, we cannot say it enough. Animals in our adoption program have as long as it takes to find a new home. We do not euthanize for space or time at any of our locations. And that's because of the awesome community that supports us. Mm, that is, that's awesome. And that's important to know because if someone mm -hmm. wants to place their, uh, let's say they have a couple litters of kitties in their backyard i'm talking to you mom um and you need a safe place for them to go and you want to make sure that it's a no-kill shelter i think that's that's awesome that you are letting us all know that that's the case so what would you say angela is your call to action so our biggest needs continue to be number one more foster parents to take in animals into their homes while they're recovering from illness or just because we need the space and secondly monetary donations to help cover the cost of especially rising medical expenses for animals in need and you can learn more about both of those um, needs on our website at wihumane.org or certainly give us a call at 414-ANIMALS. Okay, and you have a Facebook page too, right, where people can stay informed? Yes, we are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest. Okay. You can find us all over the social world. All right, no excuses for anybody that they can't get the information, so that's good. One more time for the, um, it's wihumane.org, and then the phone number again? 414-ANIMALS. Well, that's easy. It is. Okay, 414 Animals. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Angela, for sharing your, your passion. It's obvious that you love what you do. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. You're welcome. Our next guest is someone I wish I would have known more about when our family went through a very tough time about five years ago when our beloved Springer Livy went missing. Um, did you know that 10 million dogs and cats are lost or stolen in the United States every year? Yes, I said 10 million. That's crazy and very sad. The American Humane Association says that one in three pets will become lost at some point during their life. So it's so very important to have an organization that focuses on providing those happy endings. Me and I'm sure every animal lover wants to hear. So stay tuned because when we return, we're going to learn about a local organization that works closely with the Wisconsin Humane Society in this regard. So we'll be right back after a short commercial break. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations. My next guest is Kate Hartlung, the Community Engagement Coordinator from the Milwaukee Area Domestic Animal Control Commission, or maybe those of you are more familiar with MATIC. So welcome to the show today, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. 
I only started hearing about Maddox from my daughter, Lexi, who gave a stray mama cat's baby a home because she was, she was, she used a number of your services before. And uh, it was unfortunately after our ordeal with our losing our sweet Livy that we became familiar with you. But tell us about Maddox and why it's such an important organization in the community. Absolutely. Maddox is the centralized location for people to look for their lost pets in Milwaukee County. Uh, you know, Angela had mentioned that WHS is for owner surrenders. Maddox is for stray animals. So um, if you are looking for your lost cat, your lost dog, Maddox is where you come. There are a million different social media pages, which are phenomenal to help at fi- help you find your lost animal, but not everyone is on social media. Not everyone is on the same next door page. Not everyone speaks the same language. And there are probably about 20 different social media pages dedicated just to lost animals in Milwaukee County alone. So if you are looking for your lost animal, there is no way that anyone knows to check every single page. Um, I remember when I first moved back to Milwaukee, I had my, <laughs> I left my dogs out in the backyard to go potty. First of all, as a side note, don't ever do that. Do not leave your dogs unattended in your yard, even if it is fenced in. Okay. Learn from my mistake. All right. I, are we learning here? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I went out about five minutes later to get my dogs. And I had a 17-year-old Blue Heeler Beagle mix named Ada, actually adopted from WHS many, many moons ago, Mm. um, and a deaf Australian Shepherd named Willow. When I went to get them, they were no longer in the backyard. Panic. Panic. It turns out my downstairs neighbor had left the side gate open, and I didn't know that. I went running outside. Willow was sitting at my neighbor's house getting all the love she could. She didn't go anywhere. She wanted to stay as close to people as she could. Ada had a beagle nose and she followed it Mm. and she was gone Mm. and I even doing what I do for a living lost my mind was hysterical couldn't think straight didn't know what to do I called Maddox let the ladies at the front desk know they calmed me down because I was hysterical rightly so right and said get in your car and drive around and I was like but I have a five-month-old what am I gonna do how am I gonna do this and she's like put her in her car seat and drive around. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I let them know. I filled out a lost report, which is what you should do when you lose your animal. Call animal control. Call Matic. Fill out a lost report so we know what's happening. Um, Drove around for a half hour. About 30 minutes later, one of the ladies at the front desk called me and said, someone found her down by Groppies. I was living in Bayview at the time. Um, Got her a pig's ear from the store and was bringing her in. They knew it was my dog because I had called and filled out the lost report. So that is why it's so important because I was. I was terrified. We lived right by the lake. Mm. It was October. She loved to swim. I didn't know. you know. So yeah. filling out that lost report was really, really important because they immediately know, they immediately knew whose dog it was. And didn't you take in a quite a large number of stray animals in 2022, right? We did. We took in a little over 11,000 stray animals. Wow. That includes dogs, cats, rabbits, guinea pigs, hamsters, birds. Uh, We did have a couple police seizures, one that included a giant horned mountain goat. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wow. (laughs) And what if you don't live in in Milwaukee County? Can you still use your services? We are for Milwaukee County residents only. Only. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do the animals get to your facility? Many different ways. Uh, Most often is by the community finding them. 
um, driving down the street, say, see a stray dog, get it in your car, bring it in. A lot of times it is by police assist. If there is a, um, an eviction or a hospitalization or an arrest or anything like that, the police call us to come pick up the animals. What a lot of people don't understand is that we don't actually have legal authority. We cannot enter someone's property or um, dwelling without the police requesting it. Okay, good to know, good to know. Um, so tell us about the animals that are in your care. You know, what, what happens when they come in? Walk us through that. Absolutely. So when they first come in, they get brought into our treatment area and get a full exam from our vet department. Uh, they get vaccines for dogs. It's DHPP and a dewormer. Uh, cats get FVRCP and a dewormer. They all get scanned for a microchip. We check for any identification, i.e. collars, tags, license, rabies tag, anything like that. Um, take a picture, which is automatically uploaded to our website, and then we get them back in a kennel with bedding and food and water, uh, and they're in a safe place by, you know, they're in a kennel by themselves, so they're in a safe environment. We then either try to follow up on the microchip, or if it's a rabies tag from a vet clinic, even if it's, you know, three years ago, we call the clinic to see if we can find any information on who the owner is. Okay. Our website is updated automatically every 15 minutes. Oh, um, wow. From, That's great. From 8 a.m. Yeah. to midnight. So wow. it's constantly updated. Okay. And I bet they get a lot of love, too, when they come in. They do. A lot of love. <laughs> they do. And kisses. And, yeah. <laughs> so educate us on what we should do if and when we're looking for our lost loved pet. Sure, first thing, call Matic, file a loss report. You wanna make sure that we know what is going on. If we don't know if there's an animal missing, we can't help. Um, look at the lost and found animals on our website. Like I said, the pictures, the website is updated every 15 minutes. So if you looked at one o'clock, look again at 1.15, look again at 1.30, uh, you know, just keep looking everyone's description is different on what their pet looks like you know i could say oh my dog is is scruffy with long hair but someone sees it and they're like eh, that's kind of like medium hair and not scruffy it's more curly so you can't giving us a description over the phone isn't always the best way to go about it because we may see something completely different mm -hmm. than you do um, we recommend coming in physically to the building every 48 hours if not every day looking for your lost pet um, you know it's so hard you know your pet better than anyone you can call and say i'm looking for my black cat did you have any come in yesterday well like 15. so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's really hard for us to say yes this is your pet that's here what's best is for you to come in and look yourself also contact lost dogs of wisconsin they can help you file a report for social media help you make flyers give you other great advice they also as you know dedicate a caseworker to help you do online searches for your lost pet yeah and i will give them a shout out too because we use them in with our situation mm -hmm. and although we didn't uh, have a, a, uh, a happy ending to our story. Um, I'm so happy to see the Facebook posts when they are reunited, when the lost dogs are, or cats, mm -hmm. you know, are reunited with their owners. So a great organization, another great organization. So other than being a stray holding facility, what are some of the services that Matic offers? We do licensing for Milwaukee County Animals. 
Licenses are good from January 1st through December 31st and need to be renewed annually. Uh, between January 1st and March 31st, licenses are $12 for altered animals, meaning they've been spayed and neutered, and $24 for unaltered animals. After April 1st, there is a little bit of a late fee. It's $6 for altered animals and $12 for unaltered animals. Licensed animals are much easier to reunite with their owners. If they're licensed, they're in our system. We can get the owner's information, we can get them home. Also, one really great thing about having your pet licensed is if, you, if your pet gets lost and it comes in and it's wearing its license, you get a free ride home, mm. one a year. So you don't have to pay any of the reclaim fees, you don't have to pay the city ordinances, you don't have to pay any of that if your dog is current and wearing their license. Oh, very good. Wow. We also offer low-cost spay and neuter ser services. Um, right now, we are only able to offer that for cats, so we do refer all of our dogs to Wisconsin Humane Society. Uh, the cost for that is $75. We also do low-cost vaccines, microchipping. Um, we have clinics every Wednesday at the shelter, so you do need to call in advance and book it and pay in advance. Um, but again, discounted vaccines, discounted rabies, discounted microchipping. And something new that a lot of people maybe don't know about, well, really not that new, but people still don't know, is that we have a full adoption program and foster program. In 2022, we adopted out almost 1,300 dogs mm. and over 3,000 cats. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, 43 small animals, so we're talking rabbits, guinea pigs, things like that. Okay. Um, a good majority of our small animals are rescued to, are transferred to rescue partners because we're just not equipped to care for them long term. Okay. Our foster program is mainly for our cats. Um, as Angela said, neonate kittens, oh, we need our fosters for that. When those two-day-old kittens come in and need to be fed every two hours, we just don't have the manpower for it, um, and we couldn't do it with, without our fosters. We are working on a dog foster program, but I don't know what that looks like yet, so keep, okay, an, eye on the keep an eye on the website for that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we do put dogs in foster for medical care, and the story of Gemma is probably my favorite story of all time working in animal welfare. Gemma came into us last year, and we don't know the specifics, but it was based on her injuries, it seemed that she was intentionally lit on fire. The inside of her mouth, the left side of her body, we thought she was going to lose her left eye. A lot of her hair was gone. We got her into a foster. We did a, a foster plea on Facebook. And her foster mom saw it, and her foster mom is actually an oncology vet and works in an ER. Oh, and wow. she knew that she was in a specific position to be able to help Gemma. Um, so it was her first time fostering with us. She took Gemma. Gemma got bandage changes three times a day. Um, she would come in once a week for us to sedate her and debride all the, the burns and everything. Because of her foster mom's dedication, she healed up so much faster than any of us ever imagined. And she is now living with her new best friend dog and a coworker of the foster mom who was there the entire time and helped change bandages and do that. But she was, she, she was worth saving. Oh, she, yeah. she asked, they all, all are, saving, they all are, yeah. they all are. Oh my gosh. And it just, it was because of the amazing work of the foster mom and the dedication she put in that Gemma is able to be living her absolute best life now. Wow. And just think that that could be you, listener. You could be that person that steps in and and helps. Uh, it could be a, a matter of life or death for mm -hmm. s of some of these animals. So, you know, if you if you have the opportunity to do that, we're, we're really 
making our plea out there to you that <laughs> Absolutely. to please step forward. Well, I love when I see a reunited headline on a social media post with a, a dog or a cat picture. It really makes me smile uh, because we unfortunately didn't that get that ending to our story, uh, as I said before. But it's great to, to hear that so many people are having uh, are being reunited. It's interesting to note how many dogs and cats are reclaimed by their owners. Well, you'll find that out after our commercial break. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations, and I'm talking with Kate Hartland, the Community Engagement Coordinator from Matic. So, Kate, here's your opportunity to really make me smile. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how many dogs and cats are reclaimed by their owners. Sure. So, out of over 11,000 animals that we had come in last year, 354 cats, which is only 6.5%, and 1,774 dogs, which is 35%, were reclaimed by their owners. Now, out of those 354 cats, only nine of them were wearing their license and got a free ride home, while out of the 1,774 dogs, only 94 were mm -hmm. wearing their license tags and got a free ride home. So they were reclaimed, they went home, but then they didn't have their license on. Uh -huh. So <laughs> tags and chips are so, so, so important. But I want to make sure that we, um, you know, one might say those percentages aren't very high, but just think about those percentages could have been zero. They could have. And you know? that is really the national average, give or take. It's okay. about six and a half for cats and between 19 and 30 percent for dogs, dependent on the area. But in communities that have access to resources, it can be as high as 90%. Nice. That really makes me smile. <laughs> so elaborate on some ways to increase reclaims. Oh, microchips, 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 microchips. Um, they are really the only way to provide or to prove ownership of an animal. Um, you know, I will tell you when we get a case of there's a, a French bulldog puppy that comes in, all of a sudden five people come out of the woodwork and they're the owner. Well, the only owner is the one that is listed on the microchip. That is who the legal owner is. Do you have a lot of people coming in saying that that's their dog and it isn't their dog? Yes. <laughs> who does es that? Especially the high desirable oh, okay. breeds. Um, but microchips are only as good as the information that's on it. If you move, if you change phone numbers, anything like that, you need to update the microchip information. I can't tell you how many animals we have come in that are chipped and it's a dead end because there's no info or the phone number that we call has been disconnected or things like that. So yeah. Lost Dogs of Wisconsin told us every time you take your animal in for an annual checkup, you should have the chip scanned. Yes. Just to make sure that the information's accurate. Yes. Yeah. And I am super excited about this new program we just started. It's called um, Operation Reunification. And it is because of Friends of Matic and Lost Dogs of Wisconsin that we are able to kind of debut this program. Uh, all animals that are reclaimed in 2023 get a free microchip 
thanks to Lost Dogs of Wisconsin. They are doing it in honor of Linda Mueller, who was a volunteer for both our organization and Lost Dogs, who passed away. And this is how they are honoring her. So it's a wonderful, wonderful gift. Don't you have a story about a little uh, cat named Dakota? Oh, we do. Um, Dakota came in a few months ago. I'm not going to lie. We missed his microchip at intake. It had migrated. Microchips can move. Sometimes it's in your okay. shoulder. Sometimes it's by your back hip. Sometimes it's down your... They, they migrate. So we unfortunately did miss it at intake, but then when he was scheduled to have surgery, we found his microchip, um, called the owner, and he'd been missing for six months. Oh. The owner was in within 10 minutes. Mm. His kids were, like, beyond ecstatic. I can't imagine. They, they had gotten another kitten in the meantime because his kids were so distraught about him missing, and, I mean, he was there within minutes. Now they've got a friend. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so that's wonderful. <laughs> well, again, I love hearing those stories because we we need our audience to know about all the wonderful things that you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's it, it's unfortunately the case where, you know, not every story has a happy ending, but knowing that there are organizations out there that exist to help families when like you said before, as was my case when our uh, our Livy went missing, you couldn't you can't think straight. Mm-mm. You know, I uh, luckily I met uh, uh, a woman who was there that saw me just bawling like crazy and said, "What's wrong? How, how can I help?" Yeah, and she was the one that directed me to different resources. You cannot think straight, and just knowing that there are people there that are on your side, that want your beloved pet back just as much that maybe even more than you do. Um, that are there to help and it's it's so crucial to to uh, I'm just so happy to be bringing awareness to both your organizations um, share with us then what can the community do to help Matic we are in need of more in shelter volunteers we have over 45 dogs on our walk list right now <laughs> And our volunteers are doing everything that they can. Um, we definitely need more dog walkers. It's it's great. It's a win-win. You get to spend time with the dogs. They get to get outside and get fresh air. You get to know more about them to help share information so that it helps them get adopted to the right family. Um, and it's exercise. Well, I have to ask because <laughs> this, this was a little bit of a challenge for me. I went to a couple places to ask if I could walk the dogs. Yeah. But they needed a schedule. And I know I'm not the only one out there that is saying, you know, I I just happen to have two hours here. Or, you know, it's hard for me to say every Friday at 1 o'clock I can commit. So can people just come in and, I mean, after you screen them, of course, and say, hey, I got some time. So we have a great uh, online volunteer database. So, yes, once someone does the orientation and gets trained in dog walking, a schedule, yes, is great so that we know who's going to be there when. But if on a Saturday afternoon all of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, my plan's changed and I have a couple hours, go online, sign up. Absolutely. We welcome you at any time. Awesome. Awesome. And then the other way we can help is to adopt, right? Absolutely. Uh, We actually just started a new promotion, so check that out on the website, a new February adoption promotion. Um, We have probably 60 dogs available for adoption right now. So if they get adopted... They don't need to get walked at the shelter. Okay, yeah, <laughs> plain and simple, bottom line, right? Absolutely. Okay, so again, we talk about so many different things. We're here to plant that mustard seed so people get uh, uh, are aware of who you are and what you do. Um, but what's something that's really important that you want to make sure people know? We are not the same Matic that we were 10 or 11 years ago. Um, we have a 
we have a bad rap. It's getting better, but we have made such significant progress and changes. Uh, you know, we have our adoption program, our foster program, our volunteer program, and those are things that we didn't have 10 years ago. 10 years ago, we were animal, we were the pound. We were the animal catchers. We were a stray holding facility. And a lot of people who haven't taken the chance to come get to know us again still feel that that's how, who we are. Mm. Um, none of us work there because we don't love animals. We work there because we do. And we, right. we can do the hard work. And so we do it. Um, but none of us are there because we don't want to see the animals have a happy ending. And so anyone that is not familiar with us or knows of our our history 10 years ago, I invite everyone to come in and take a tour and take a look and see the animals and meet the staff and meet the volunteers and just familiarize yourself with the pneumatic. Okay. And uh, when an animal goes up for adoption, you want to make sure that people know <laughs> yes. it stays. Very, very similar to WHS. Once an animal uh, goes up for adoption, it stays up for adoption until it's either adopted or transferred to a rescue partner. Okay. Um, we do not euthanize for time or space. We work with some shelters up north that I know we have a, a transfer coming up soon that they're taking like 10 of our dogs because they've been sitting for a while and they just need a new change of scenery. Okay. All right. Well, tell us uh, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you. Go to our website, which is matic.org, M A D acc.org you can fill out um, a volunteer application there you can see our available dogs and cats or you can always give us a call at 414-649-8640 wonderful wonderful well i want to thank my guests today uh kate hartlung the community engagement director at maddock thank you for being here uh, and also Angela Speed, the VP of Marketing and Communications at the Wisconsin Humane Society. I appreciate you sharing all the happy ending pet stories that you're involved <laughs> in. Uh, thank you both for your commitment to animals in need uh, that can be reunited with their loving family or who will become a lovable addition to a family. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, you can reach out directly to the Wisconsin Humane Society or MADIC. If you know of a great organization that's doing great work in our community that you think would be a great guest for the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. So tune in next Sunday morning at 10 to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community a great place to work and play, not only for their two-legged people, but four-legged friends as well. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I highly encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com, not only to learn more about who we are, uh, but also to listen to previously aired shows, or you can listen on demand, which means Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So give some thought to how you can make a difference for our four-legged friends that are or will become members of our families. Our guests have shared today many ways that you can make a difference and have a significant impact, whether that's by donating, volunteering, adapting, fostering, or advocating for their respective organizations. I'm sure anything you do will be appreciated, not only by them, but by the beautiful animal in need that you'll be helping. In the words of Gandhi, the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Absolutely. So take some time to find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thanks for listening today and have a great day.